If you've experienced the cycle of toxic relationships and you're sick and tired of feeling stuck, sad, and lonely, now is the time to heal and create your best life. In this podcast, you'll hear world-class toxic relationship recovery expert Stephanie McPhail sharing the support, guidance, and tools you need so you can be truly happy whether you're single or in a relationship. She is the real deal. I should know, she's my wife. Here's your host, Stephanie. Hello and welcome to another episode of Toxic Love Transformation. I'm your host, Stephanie McPhail. And today, what we're going to talk about for the live stream is going to be navigating life after divorce. Now, I have a feeling that a lot of you that listen to us and come to these trainings are here because you have already left that relationship. And I want to kind of take you back a little bit. For those of you who might be are still in it or have been so far away removed from ending that toxic relationship, let's take a little step back. Let's think about the time before we decided to get a divorce. You know, people that haven't been through a divorce maybe don't understand what all of the emotions are. We very often hear people say that um, people get divorced too easily nowadays, or they just end relationships instead of trying to make them work. Has anyone ever heard anything like that? Because I sure as hell did. And so when things started to go bad in my relationship, I thought to myself, well, maybe that I just need to try harder. Maybe I need to do something different. Maybe I need to read more books and do more things to try to make my partner happier and not make them so upset. And of course, we know that that doesn't work when someone is not willing or able to or interested in and or respectful enough to try and work on themselves we know the relationship is going to be doomed for failure because it can't just be one person working on a relationship because a relationship is obviously two people so what happens is is before the divorce process even starts we've already been putting a lot of our time and energy into trying to make the relationship work so it's kind of like we're running a race and we are exhausted and we get to the point where we're so exhausted, we say, oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. I've tried everything and nothing is getting any better. I'm going to get a divorce. And now here is where it becomes difficult. So it was already difficult. And now we decide to get a divorce and there's a whole other mountain to climb. And some people will look at that mountain and say, you know what, forget it. It's not worth it. I'm going to go back to what I already know because I've been there, done that, and I don't want to go through any of that. I want to remind you, though, that if you're thinking that to yourself, remember that as much as it's difficult to go through that divorce, that is a period of time that will be difficult and then it will get better. You will be away from that person. Other things will happen afterwards. But when you're in the midst of the divorce, especially if it's a high conflict divorce, it could feel like it's never ending. It could feel like you're never going to get through it. There's all of these fears about dividing up all of the assets, about What's going to happen with the kids? What's going to, how are you going to, you know, pay all of your bills? How it's going to go with co-parenting or whatever those issues are that you're worried about and that actually do come up during a divorce, you know, it can feel really overwhelming. So a recommendation when you are going through that is to just to be aware of the things that you're going to be walking into, but also realize that we only want to think of that very next step. Instead of thinking about every single thing that's happening, we want to think about one little thing at a time. It's like the saying that I say all the time, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You don't want to think about the big issue that you're dealing with, which is the ending of this marriage and the divorce. It's what is the very next thing do, that I have to do in order to move on and get out of this toxicity. So 
you go through the divorce. And again, some of you might be in that process right now. And then you get out on the other side. And very often, once we get out on the other side, there is this feeling of freedom and joy and excitement. And then time starts to go on. And some of us might get into another relationship while we're going through the divorce process. Some of us might start dating and say, oh my gosh, this is awful. There might be a lot of other feelings that come up, but we start to realize that things are not so much better. There are things that still need to be worked on. And that's the beautiful place where we come in. That's the exciting part. As much as it can feel overwhelming, that for us is the really exciting part because this is the part where it's the rebuilding phase of your life. It's figuring out who you are and what you want for yourself. Not what your partner wanted, not what your whole family wanted or what you believe those people wanted, but actually being able to sit back, do the self-reflection and the work on you so that you can build a beautiful life that is more expansive, more you than you've ever been before so that you keep yourself from getting into another unhealthy relationship. Or if you do find yourself in another relationship, you will not allow it to last as long as it did as maybe your relationship did before. So what we're going to talk about today is that beautiful part after we have left the relationship when we're like, who am I? What do I want for myself? Is this really all there is? Whatever those questions are, that's the areas that we're going to focus on today. So Number one thing you want to do is you want to start to really rebuild your identity and your confidence. So let's have some self-reflection and acceptance. Let us look at ourselves and look at how we are processing our emotions. Start journaling. If you haven't done that already, journaling is a great way to just get all your feelings out. And if you're still going through divorce, start journaling then. If you're in the relationship still and you're trying to figure out if it really is as bad as you think, journal then. Have that journaling activity that you are doing every day or every other day, but make that become a normal activity for you because it helps get everything out of your brain and out on paper so that you can look back on it later and realize that this is a pattern or, or see maybe the areas where you're having problems with. Meditation. Start meditating. Start doing things that are taking care, taking care of yourself. You know, it's not a bad thing to acknowledge those past experiences that you have. Sometimes, like I just did a post the other day that said, you know, when's the last time you gave yourself a hug? Sometimes just the simple act of looking yourself in the mirror saying, I love you. I'm sorry that I haven't always taken care of you. I forgive you for not taking as good a care of yourself as you know you could have because you were trying to take care of everybody else. Giving yourself that hug can feel really amazing because so often we're looking for that acceptance and love from the outside and just being able to tell ourselves that we are wonderful, amazing people can bring up a lot of emotion but it can feel really good for ourselves as part of our healing too. So we want to be able to really self-reflect and accept this is where I am. This is who I am and get to really know that person. The next thing is you want to start rediscovering your interests and your hobbies, which is one of my favorite parts when people work with us in the Brilliant Life Blueprint program is rediscovering who you are. And that is by what are the things that you enjoy. When you go out and you do activities that you like, or explore new things that maybe you've never explored before, but maybe things that you thought 
maybe you wanted to do, but you didn't do it because you didn't have the time because you were focusing all that energy on somebody else. This really is a powerful tool. And this right here all by itself is going to help you create healthier relationships later on. So if you were in a relationship and you watched, I don't know, football every Sunday and you're like, you got used to it and that's what you do every single Sunday. Part of this self-discovery and this rediscovering who you are part is, do I even like football? What do I like to do? Do I like going camping? Do I like going hiking? Do I, I like, you know, traveling? Whatever those things are. What are the things that you actually like to do? Though Not the things that your partner wants you to do or what you think other people want you to do. What are the actual things that you want to do? And as you build up your life with hobbies and interests, the more you step into those things that you actually enjoy doing, the more you're going to attract people that like doing those same things. And then, of course, if, when and if you do decide to date again, it's going to be easier for you to find people that have similar interests, that probably have similar values, similar things they like to do. All of those things are really important. So we want to, that, that piece of rediscovering yourself is not selfish. It is a big piece of the healing process is figuring out who you are. And then when you're ready, start figuring out who would be a good fit for who you are. And we do that by really stepping into our powers without, without apologies. We don't have to be apologetic for who we are. It's you are here with beautiful gifts and wonderful abilities that nobody else has. And we don't know what those things truly are when all we do is live our life for everybody else. So make sure that that's one of your priorities. Another one is building your support network. And that's another piece that's really important in our program. We really want to make sure that we have those people that are here to help motivate us, that are here there to help bring us up. You know, if you are with a bunch of people that talk about how bad relationships are all the time, chances are pretty good we're going to stay longer in that toxic relationship because we hear from the outside that relationships are hard. And then we think to ourselves, well, maybe I'm just making a bigger deal of it. Oh, you know, it's so hard to date. It's so hard to find a good partner. I might as well stay with this person. Relationships are just work. You know, how many times have we heard those things? When we leave and we start building those healthier relationships and we start surrounding ourselves with people who are also going and working on their lives, people that are also in a more positive mindset, those doers, those action takers, those people that inspire us and help motivate us. When we start being around those types of people, it helps us to grow as well. And we feel seen. Because how often when we were in that unhealthy marriage or that relationship, did we feel like we were invisible? Like what we wanted didn't even matter. So we want to start really building up that those people around us that are going to elevate us and not bring us down. And of course, this could this is family, friends, professional networks, support groups. Try all of the different things that you and, you know, and again, think about, you know, what are the people that you need on your team? Do you need people who are really into exercise? Do you need people that are into eating healthy? Do you want to hang out with people that you can just talk to if you're feeling really stressed out or, you know, that, that, that motivator, what are the kinds of people that you get to create? Cause this is the creation mode of your life. What are those, who are those people that will help you and, and guide you and support you so that you can help build yourself back up. So positive people that inspire instead of those people that drain us. 
Another part is looking at our professional development and our self-confidence. You know, what are some of those achievable goals at work? Do we, are we able to seek mentorship? Are we able to have professional development courses? You know, a, a lot of the times too, when we start working with people, they come to us because of ending that toxic relationship. And then they end up realizing, oh my gosh, I also have an unhealthy relationship at work or my family or, you know, other aspects of their lives. And some clients, when they start feeling that, that new energy they have, because they're not depleted all their, all the time from their partner. And they're like, oh my gosh, how did I achieve all these great things with this dead weight that was trying to keep me down and hold me back from really stepping into my power? Look at all the, what, what are the things that I can do? There's like all these possibilities and exciting things they can do. And part of that is realizing, hey, maybe I want to start a new career. Maybe this job has not been so great. You know, it's been paying the bills, but I feel that there's something more for me out there. Or maybe it's time that business that you always wanted to start. You know, those are some of the things that you could focus on as well. So, you know, all of this is about expanding your network and expanding really who you are finding out who that person is and all of those beautiful things that you were put here to do. Now you want to make sure that you're having balance, you know? So when you are, you're in this discovery phase, you know, we, we don't want to be working all the time because then that's avoidance. We don't want to be just hanging out with our girlfriends all the time. That also could be avoidance. You know, we want to make sure that we are making that time for ourselves, that self-care, making sure that we are getting our sleep, we're getting our exercise, we're finding time for our social life, we're balancing time for our, our work life, for our children, you know, if there's children involved, making sure that we have that, that work-life balance and also looking at, um, um, you know, all of this new and found energy, how can we, you know, put that in a positive way into our professional life? And, you know, if we are going through the divorce or have ended one, if we are in a company that is big enough to have HR, you know, are there certain things that you can do like working from home? Is, is your a company, is your company one that you have the choice to work from home? Would that make things a little bit easier for you? So look at those areas maybe in your professional life that maybe you can change or shift that will make it more supportive for who you are becoming now. And then of course, like I said before, you know, what are some networking and professional growth opportunities you can have? Because again, this is the growth time of your life. What are some networking and professional growth areas that you can have in order to keep growing in that area of your life? Another piece that I want to talk about is the co-parenting piece. So you've ended this relationship, you're on the other side, you're rediscovering who you are, you're in this, this growth mindset, but you have children with this person. Now, when I ended my marriage, I did not have children with my ex. So that was not something that I had to personally deal with. But I have now spoken with so many professionals that specialize in co-parenting with narcissistic people, with people that are difficult, we'll just say, to deal with. And there's a few things that I can say are really, really important. And one of them is communication. You know, even if you don't think that person's going to listen to you, you want to make sure that you are sharing very clear boundaries with them. You want to be neutral. You want to keep to the specific facts and you want to keep it to the children. Share rehashing all of the things that have gone wrong in your relationship, in your marriage, how they always do X, Y, or Z. None of that is going to help anybody at all. 
So a really great way for someone that's very difficult to communicate with is make sure that you download the app that very often there's a bunch of apps that actually can be used in court. Only communicate with your ex through that app. You don't need to jump on the phone and sit down and, you know, sit down and have a conversation that tends to escalate things, especially when someone's difficult and they don't want to take responsibility for themselves. We want to make sure everything is done through an app so that we can have proof of all of the things that we say. Another one is making sure that we are setting those healthy boundaries. So for yourself, what are some of the expectations that you are going to have in this divorce process of, of co-parenting with this person? And I'm going to give you a hint. If you are trying to still make them into the great parent that you would like them to be, or you're trying, just in general, trying to make them who they're not, you're going to set yourself up for failure. Part of the acceptance is realizing they're who they are. I've already seen it, which is why I ended the marriage. And now I'm going to have to do my best for my children and myself to communicate in a way that is going to be the best for myself and my children. Not trying to get them to be who you wanted them to be throughout the marriage. You've already been there. You've already tried to do that. You already know that doesn't work. So again, this is why it's so important to make sure everything is written down so that way you they can't use that against you at some other, other point. And then, you know, the last part of that is really you want to make sure that you are prioritizing your children's well-being. So when you have someone who's a narcissist and all they want to do is use you or use the children against you, I should say, they still want to control, they still want to manipulate, they still want to just hurt you because they're angry at you, you have to keep in mind that the experts all say that when you are dealing with someone like this, it's really important to focus on your healing, which is what we said before, making sure that you're paying attention to how you speak about your ex. So pretty much don't bring up how terrible they were or how they let down your children all the time. What you need to do is listen to what your children are talking about what they're complaining about, what they're frustrated about, and mirror back their feelings. Try to talk them through the feelings that they are having. Because the more that you badmouth that significant, that ex-significant other to their children, the more the children are going to actually go in the direction of the unhealthy parent. So even if at the time you're saying, oh my gosh, they seem to be siding with this parent and I'm the one doing all the work. I'm doing all of the heavy lifting. I'm taking them to, you know, holiday events. I'm, you know, I'm the one in charge of Christmas. I'm the one in charge of planning and they're just giving me a hard time. In the long run, children will see the work that you have done. They will, as they get older, they will see how and learn how to communicate in a way that's healthy. They will see that you are the one doing the work. You are the one trying to make your life better and in turn make their lives better. And chances are pretty good that they're going to come back to you and it's going to be a stronger relationship than ever before. But it's never going to work out well if we badmouth the other parent or we commiserate with them about how terrible that other person is because all they're going to hear is my parents is bad. And if someone wins, the more someone says this other person is bad, the more automatically they're going to try to stick up for them, even though they might be the one that's hurting or that's hurting them, I should say. So 
and I and I know that that's really hard. So it really it's a great opportunity for you to look at the the triggering things for you. Look at how you speak. Look at how you react to these toxic people, and then do your best to teach healthy boundaries and you know and healthy communication with your children. And this could be the best gift this child gets out of the divorce is not having to see their parents fight all the time, not see their parents argue all the time, and actually learn how to have healthy boundaries so that they don't repeat the same patterns. So I hope that was helpful for everybody. You know, I, I think that the the life after divorce. For a lot of times people end it and they say, you know, hey, I'm just never going to do that again. But as much as when I started this and I said it was really hard work before and it's really hard work during, I hate to say it's also hard work after, but it's not forever. The hard work is now relearning who you are, relearning your own boundaries, putting yourself in a different position so that you make yourself a priority and you don't allow yourself to get into another relationship that's going to be harmful to you or your children moving forward. And it is very possible for you to do that. In fact, with the right support and with the right work, the chances are actually really good that you're going to have the best part of your life after ending this toxic relationship because you will have already seen what you're capable of when things were really bad and now imagine what you're going to be capable of when you're creating this beautiful, amazing life you're excited to wake up to every day and you're able to step into the fullness of who you actually are. Imagine the types of relationships you will have from that overflowing cup, from that fullness and all the things that you'll be able to accomplish now that you have that energy for yourself and not being used on everybody else all the time. Imagine what you're going to be capable of when you do that. So if you're in any of those places before divorce, during divorce, or after divorce, all of those places, I'm always going to recommend make sure you're getting support. If it's not us, get someone else, but get someone to be on your team to help you with the process of it, because it is a lot, but you can create the best version of you and you will see how strong you are throughout this process. So on that note, thank you everybody for tuning in. As always, it's great hanging out with all of you. Hopefully this was helpful. And never forget, you are way stronger than you realize. See you next episode. Bye, everybody. So that's it for today's episode of Toxic Love Podcast. Head on over to iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your shows. One lucky listener every single week who subscribes and posts a review on iTunes will be entered for a chance to win the grand prize VIP drawing with Stephanie McPhail herself. Be sure to head on over to ToxicLovePodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Stephanie's gift. And join us next time.